Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Yep. Welcome to About a Dog. Another episode. Yes, indeed. This is Michael. This is Ashley. And do we have any old business to deal with? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, we're official members of the Virginia Kennel Club now. Yeah, that was an interesting... That was fun. ...bit of news that following Monday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still... We are out, Aston. Uh, just to paint a picture with words. Ah! Aston is currently... You know, she's holding him in her arms, but he's kind of draped over her shoulder. And glaring at me. Yeah. His butt is, like, in her arms. Her, like, his paws are, like, on her left shoulder. So. Um. And now it looks like he's trying to readjust himself and get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Now this is great podcasting fodder, let me tell you. Now he's facing me, and, you know, he's got one paw on her left shoulder, but he's kind of just sitting there. Um, we are, and I hate to say in the throes of, but we kind of are, with progesterone testing Raven and getting her ready to be bred and all of that fun stuff. Um, hopefully she will be bred by the time this episode comes out. Mm. That will be nice. That's the hope, yeah. Um. Things are going to become a little bit more hectic around here. Yeah, as if they already weren't. Um, just because driving back and forth to the vet. I think that's probably the most uh, costly yeah. affair, to be honest with you, because that can't be... I mean, if doctor bills are one thing, vet bills won't be any better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, progesterone testing generally is about $130 a test. Yeah, I've so, seen the paperwork, so yeah. I mean... It, and she puts Aston down. He was getting heavy. Oh, he's chubby guy of course he's gonna be heavy we need to post a picture now yeah we do um but yeah hopefully we will have some puppies out of the deal and mm-hmm. it'll be all worth it yeah it's just a matter of I think it'd be too much to ask to have you know raven have her puppies and then turn around and then celine have hers and we use the same helping box but i don't think that's gonna happen no no, I think Celine is not coming. Is not in yet, but Touch I think wood. I think she will be in probably within the next week or so. Is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking, um, which would mean that breeding Celine would result in puppies due probably two to three weeks yeah. after Raven has hers. Yeah, it gives us a little bit of lead time. A little bit, um, but. Who knows? It's, it's all up in the air at this point. Yeah, we're just waiting on Celine to come into season. Um, but she can take her time. Yeah, she she can. It's fine. I, I don't have a problem with her taking her time and, and waiting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, is there anything else we need to... Oh, I do want to mention this on the podcast. Just yeah. because it's kind of fresh in my brain and all of that. Don't take people for advantage when you offer your wares for like artwork and stuff like that there's a very good reason as to why i'm very leery about hiring artists to do commissions and things like that is because michael and i we've been taken advantage of multiple times by so-called friends yeah um and then now i was taken advantage of by an artist where I commissioned 
a portrait of Alice as part of her memorial. Well, I paid for the artwork in advance, thinking, up okay, front. up front, thinking, yeah. okay, I'll be, I'll be nice, I will be hugely supportive of said artist and whatnot. Support local artists. Yeah. Sort of and um, basically, I got a rough draft. I selected which rough draft I liked. And then that was it. Didn't hear anything. Kept on asking for updates, asking for updates. They never came. And then it got to the point where I wanted my money back because... Well, essentially what ended up happening was Ashley was trying to reach out to this individual on multiple occasions. Say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. what's up? What's going on? That sort mm-hmm. of thing. And, you know, I think the young people these days are saying she was ghosted. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that I was ghosted. And yeah. um, I wasn't alone. That was the one thing. When Ashley went, like, totally public, she didn't release the name at first. But Mm-mm. she went public on Facebook and let them know what had happened. And then there was, like, an outpouring of not only support but stories indicating that this person had done it to other people as well. Yep. And then next thing we know, Ashley's got her money back around the same time she makes the name known. Yep. Which, you know, I was going through the motions of contacting Venmo to get my money back, which Venmo said that unless it's a business, you can't get your money back. If it's a personal account and that account is still active, you cannot get your money back because it goes directly to their bank account. But if it's a business account, you have a little bit more leeway. So all of you out there that you know want to pay via Venmo and all that stuff, please be aware. Be wary of that. I mean, I mean, honestly, I I wouldn't have gone through Venmo to start. I would have gone for the throat straight to the bank. Well, and I did do that after Venmo kind of turned me down and. Um, then, like, right as I was talking to the bank and trying to figure it all out is when I woke up after a nap and there was my money back. Now, so now keep in mind, it's rare for Ashley to take a nap. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's so stressed out and just emotionally drained mm-hmm. should say a lot. If she's able to take a nap, then that just shows how physically and emotionally exhausted she really is. Because she doesn't nap. Me, I, you know, drop a hat, I'll fall asleep. Yeah, he will. Yeah, um, I think I did it while you were playing Nintendo earlier. <laughs> Probably. Um, well, I mean, it was before the kids went out. I, you know, I had been up mm-hmm. all day, you know, so. But I do want to go ahead and give a shout out to all of the people that have supported us, mm-hmm. um, put their, you know, skills and let us, you know, use and buy their their stuff that has our breed on it. Yeah. Um. I want to thank the Squeaky Egg. We mm-hmm. got um, our dock diving shirt from them. Yeah. And our dock diving Hamilton Stovar bag from them. It's a very comfortable shirt. I love that shirt. Um, I'm going to wear that pretty much until the wheels fall off. Or yeah. Ashley says, throw it away. Uh, N- Naked Dog Creations, they are a friend of ours. Yeah. And they made these really cool... Um, customized 3D keychains that has um, each dog's name on it based on their breed and all of that. So we have one for Deku. We have all of the hammies, including Alice. Yeah. Um, 
And that was one thing that this artist, when she was first starting out, she said, I want to welcome and open up everything to any breed, regardless. Like, if they are FSS breed, bring it on. And that, to me, is beautiful. It's precious. It's amazing. Um, another one that I want to call out is Spiny Flower Designs. Um, so you can find Naked Dog Creations on Etsy. You can find Spiny Flower Designs on Etsy as well. They made us some decals some hamilton stove right. decals yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful um we just need to put them on our cars <laughs> not to mention we need to make sure when we post this that the links go in the description as yes well. yes we, we want to support mm-hmm. you know good you know artists who are on the up and up as it were yes and not give any voice to ones who are shall we say less than reputable yeah um another one and this one was from years ago um Emma's Best in Show is an artist, I think she was maybe 16 or 17, mm-hmm. when I reached out to her and said, hey, I noticed that you're doing drawings of various different breeds based on the breed standard and all of that. Would you be interested in doing a Hamilton Stover one? Right. She did. Oh, wow. We have the original print oh, right. in our house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm forever grateful for her. Yeah. Um, we have... A few other ones um, that I, I'm i just seeing around here. There's yeah. Heather Lovelace did an amazing portrait of Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda Zielinski did an amazing portrait of Celine somewhere around here. Um, I, I wouldn't have, I'd, I'd erase that. <laughs> I just said, I don't want her to hear that. No, I mean, we just have to put them up in our room here. Yeah. They're all framed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um and then a huge, huge, huge shout out to Emily Erksk. Apologies in advance. Apologies Emily, in if advance. We, if we've mispronounced your name, Emily. It's it, not intentional. Emily Erskine. There we go. She, after what went down and all that, she kindly. Just out of nowhere. Made us a beautiful kennel logo. Oh, yeah. Something that I've been wanting for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And. I didn't have to do any input whatsoever. I just no said... No poking, no prodding, no nudging. Nothing. And yeah. she just... She took it and she ran with it. And it was... Yeah. Am- it's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, so... Thank when, you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. So, so very much. Um, so when... You hear us shout out various different artists and people like that. It's because... We trust them. We trust them. And... We don't get anything no. back for this. I mean, if anything, they get word of mouth. Yeah, they get word and of mouth. It, we get to help them out, considering they've been so kind to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's reciprocity, basically. Yeah, and, and it's so rare that we get stuff with our breed on it anyway. Most of the stuff mm-hmm. that we have to get, we have to get custom. It's try, like trying to find your name on a keychain in a yeah. gift shop, and they don't have it. Yeah, so to those local artists thank you so so very much you guys are amazing we greatly appreciate your Um, support and we are so going to support you as well yes and all of them are members of the dog show community every last one of them and for that you guys are amazing yeah we're going to make sure that the links are part of the description Mm -hmm. for this particular episode yes so be on the lookout check them out that sort of thing so yep now that's I think new business speaking of new business 
what are we talking about today? I have a feeling I already know concerning, you know, I heard the conversation with your mother, but just for the sake of moving the episode <laughs> forward, Ashley, what are we talking about today? So, in our usual little pattern of things of common breed, rare breed, whatever, mm-hmm. we're on a rare breed. Okay. We're going to be talking about the Bracco Italiano. I am completely shocked and amazed <laughs> by this. I was not expecting that at all. So- <laughs> I, I'm sitting on mine right now. Thank you very much. Oh, so, look. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Well, okay. It's nice to be appreciated. So, Bracco Italiano, the plural, yeah. is Bracchi Italiani. Now, fair warning, I do not speak Italian. Right. So, please do not add us for mispronunciations. It's kind of like with Emily's last name. We're not... You know, we, 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 we apologize in advance for anything we mispronounce. Let's just go ahead and preface that before we go. There. We're, we're doing our very best here. Blanket disclaimer has already been laid down on the floor. Let's go ahead and move forward. Like, if it's not a Germanic language, <laughs> I'm desperately sorry. Ashley's out. Um, but so I, I will gladly mess with her Duolingo and just, I'll hear oh something no. and I'll just come out and say, you know, what I think Oh, I God. Hear. Yeah, he messes up my Swedish lessons and yeah. I'm like, this is not fair. I think I don't remember what was said, but just to put the most random thing, um, your mother fucked a piece of bread or something like that. I don't know. Like, it, it, I'm just like what? Okay, sources. I'm gonna get them up front. Yes. The main one. Um, I want to thank Jennifer Kanban. Mm-hmm. I've met her before. She's a great Bracco person. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I reached out to her. We're gonna use some of her photos. Cool. And she directed me toward the Breed Club website. So the Breed Club website, the Bracco Italiano Club of America, I got mm-hmm. everything from that website. And of course, we will list the sources in the show notes right. on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Wherever you listen to your podcast. podcasts. <laughs> um, and to those, review, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> and to those of you that have like that have reached out to me saying I love the podcast, y'all are awesome. Yeah, we appreciate that. And it's, I'm absolutely gobsmacked at the idea that we have fans. So thank mm-hmm. you very much for that. It's It, it, it blows me away, honestly. It does. So, Brock would ta- to do this for a living, just saying. Yeah, if anybody wants to sponsor us, <laughs> please. Um, so this is an Italian breed. No! no I know. <laughs> but it's a pointing breed. There and it is. There it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> And they're very, it's very distinct. They have this like kind of droopy skin, floppy ears, heavy mm-hmm. bone. They don't really look like your typical pointer. Okay. Um, but they are a pointing breed, that, and they have very rich history in Italy. And there are references to this breed back to the 4th and 5th century B.C. Good gracious. And many of the European pointing breeds exist because of this breed. Wow. There's some debate on the true crosses that created the Bracco. Mm-hmm. One is that it was crossed with the Seguio Italiano, mm-hmm. which is a the one of the hounds in Italy. Yeah. And the native Roman Molossus breed that is now extinct. Thank you very much, Hans Zimmer, for ruining that word for me forever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The other theory is that there were traders from Egypt and other places in northern Africa. Mm-hmm. They brought over their sight hounds, and then they were crossed with the now extinct Molossus Mastiffs. What is Mo Salah doing on the floor? 
Talk to the cats. They knocked I mean, him I mean, over. Does this need to be cleaned now? Because this is not supposed to touch the floor. No. No. Um, you say that right as I mentioned Egypt. Unintentional! <laughs> I just found, like, Mo Salah on the floor. Because I felt that what I could have sworn was a cat by my bare leg here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, who's sniffing me? And I looked down right next to, you know, the tiger thing. I said, what's Mo Salah doing on the floor? That was completely unintentional. Holy shit. Yeah. So, whether they're crossed with the native Italian hound and the molasses, or crossed with sight hounds and the molasses, regardless, they are basically the progenitor of most modern pointing breeds. Kudos for those that stuck their neck out to keep the breed Mm -hmm. going that far back into history. Yes. I mean, geez. Now, this breed also has a noble history and was owned by powerful Renaissance families. Oh, do tell. Like the Medici's and the Gonzagas. Okay. This breed was all, was given to get was given as gifts to dignitaries from France and Spain, which will explain how this uh-huh. breed became kind of like the grandfather of all pointing breeds, is because there are pointers in Spain that kind of look like Bracos. But with less skin, and in Spain, they actually have a few pointing breeds that do look a lot like Broncos, but they their nose mm-hmm. is split straight down the middle, and they have two separate nostrils, and it's kind of cleaved in half. Yikes. Fascinating breed. Mm. And so when, whenever you've got breeds like that that are being traded from dignitaries and stuff... Yeah. They're going to make their way all throughout Europe as the same thing, being traded all around, and their bloodlines are going to be crossed in. And that's how this breed became kind of the grandfather of all pointing breeds in continental Europe. You think about it. That's actually a good way to make sure the breed continues. Because, I mean, they have to accept it as a gift or risk insulting the dignitary of that nation that they're visiting. But the problem is, is... it's not really a good way to keep the breed as pure because if oh, you're, I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything about keeping it pure. Mm-hmm. I'm merely stating that to continue to propagate and, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. migrate the species outside of their native countries and whatnot. That's that's a decent way to do it. So, yeah. welcome to my country. Here's a new responsibility. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> and you can't no no take backsies, otherwise you would insult me. Yeah, and blades come out. Now, mind you, I said that this breed was reported to be back in the 4th and 5th century BC. Yeah. As a pointing and sporting breed. Okay. That is well before the invention of the gun. Okay. So. I I would grant as much, considering I don't think uh, David used a gun against Goliath. He used a slingshot. Now, when we're talking about the... Use of dogs as sporting breeds prior to the invention of the gun. Mm -hmm. There are breeds that were bred to hunt the dogs and hunt the birds into nests, like into nets. Yeah. And the Bracco is one of them. Very similar to what some of the setting breeds like that are in Britain and Ireland. Mm -hmm. They use the original purpose of a lot of the setters. Mm -hmm were to slink down low yeah, so that the hunter could throw the net right over them as yeah. they're pointing and letting them know where the bird is. Yeah. 
Brachos did something similar. Then, when falconry became popular, Mm -hmm. they were used to flush the birds so that the falcons could take out the game. Makes sense. And then when guns were invented, they then moved to pointing. And just a general hunting partner and retriever. So this really speaks to the versatility that they can go from their original purpose of being used to hunt birds and nets, to falconry, to basically what is still being used today, which is this modern bird dog of guns being used. They point, they retrieve, they will flush the game from time to time and just be a good hunting companion. Right. And like many breeds in continental Europe, Mm -hmm. the breed suffered greatly. Are you up to the part where it's, you know, involved in war? Yes. Well, so the breed nearly went extinct in the late 1800s to early 1900s due to wars Mm -hmm. and the Industrial Age. Ah, yes. So, with industrialization means that people are moving into cities. Right. Getting more crowded and congested in places. Which means that... The likelihood of keeping dogs that are more rural set diminishes dramatically. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't want to keep something like that in a kind of confined space. Right. And the breed would suffer. Yeah. So it became more rare as soon as industrialization happened. And then you get not one but two wars coming in hot on the heels after industrialization. Right. And the breed nearly went extinct. And it was saved, again, sorry for pronunciations, but it was saved by the Societia Amoritia Bracco Italiano, which is basically the breed club of Italy. Right. And a breeder named Ferdinando de Lord de Ferrabuoc. Again, don't add us for Don't, please. If anything, you can send corrections and we will gladly... We will gladly make the correction on Mm -hmm. the next episode, but, you know, we are not experts, like Ashley said. Germanic, Swedish, things like that. She's got you. Me, I I watch some anime, maybe a little bit of Japanese, you know, but other than that, none. Uh, The breed standard was developed in 1949, Mm. and it was promoted, no, 1949, after World War II. Yeah, I I noticed the year I, I thought about it. And was promoted as a working hunter. Mm-hmm. And that's how it just remained. Now, the breed comes in two colors, mm-hmm. orange and white, which originated in the Piedmont area of Italy, and the Ronin brown, which originated in the Lombardy area of Italy. Mm-hmm. And due to the slightly different areas in which they were hunted, the body styles were a little bit different. Yeah. But both regions of Italy are... in are in the northern part of the country, so you're still dealing with mountains and hilltops and things like that. Um, but this is just a, a... A lot of hounds and even some sporting breeds do this where the breeders of a, s- a specific breed will tend to breed what is successful for the area in which the dogs are being hunted. Right. Um, what benefits the, mm-hmm. the hunters to get the prey, that sort of thing. Yeah, you'll see this a lot in modern foxhound packs, mm-hmm. where depending on 
like especially American foxhound packs, depending on if they're being hunted up in Maryland, right. you might see a different style to what's being hunted out in the mountains of Virginia. Mm. Just because you need a dog that can that has the ability to hunt the terrain that they're in. <laughs> um, so this breed is one of them where there may be slight differences, but the breed standard is still the same. Yeah. And you can have both colors mm-hmm. and in the, in the litter, the color genetics are pretty straightforward mm-hmm. in that the orange color is recessive and so is the brown color. Mm-hmm. So you would not see a black and white Bracco Italiano yeah. because it's that dominant gene has been bred out. Mm-hmm. But you can have, you can breed two brown dogs together. Mm-hmm. And if they carry the recessive um, yellow gene, then they will produce orange dogs. Mm. Um, but if you were to breed two orange dogs together, all you're going to get are orange dogs. You're not yes. going to get brown out of that. So in order to keep that brown color going, they need to be bred either to each other mm-hmm. or back or to orange dogs and all of that. Yeah. Um, by far... What you're going to see more of are the orange dogs in the show ring mm. um, for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. Mm. But this breed needs a job. They would be good for an active home that's willing to put them to work. And whatever that work is, is dependent on what you want to do with them. Um, so you were saying they're essentially a versatile breed. Very. ready to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're very quite striking to look at with their characteristic kind of like droopy face. They're a little bit, they have this heavy bone and they're very regal. They carry themselves in a very regal, like they stick out their chest. Mm -hmm. And they have this incredible movement where it reminds me of like, if you see carriage horses pulling a carriage, just that. Very flashy, elegant movement. Kind of a, are we talking like an imperious look or more, you know, regal with status type? Regal bearing? with status bearing. Okay. okay, so they're not looking down on you. No. They're just, you know, here Above. I am, see me looking. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the way that they move, like, people talk about the stride length of German shepherds. <laughs> Bracco Italianos are the same, if not more. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They, Sorry, I'm speaking from seeing Deco move in the backyard. Yeah, they stride out. Mm. And um, I first saw the breed mm-hmm. um, when one won the Yukonuba uh, World Challenge in Orlando in 2009. Mm-hmm. His name was Axel. And oh my God, he was stunning. Mm. Just beautiful dog. He won the breed at Crufts. Oh, wow. He um, did unbelievable winning for such a rare breed Mm -hmm. and he also won best in show at the world dog show in 2006 damn so the world dog show for those that are those that may not be aware may not be aware or like you know if you're just casually interested in dogs world dog show is kind of like the olympics ish Mm. for for dog shows in that you have a host country in town Mm -hmm. And it is where all of these people from all over the world show their dogs. And they're shown based on the FCI. Um, I'm, it's a 
Belgian French thing. I'm not going to say it. But they're shown against the FCI breed standard. So if the dogs are accepted through the FCI, then they can compete. Um, Immediately, I'm thinking of dog shows and I'm comparing it to the uh, World Cup. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find a dog show, I don't think, in in Qatar, honestly. Um, (laughs) You're not going to find the worlds at Qatar anytime soon. Yeah. Um, But there have been some similar accusations of corruption that the FCI had... Just like with... Uh, with FIFA, yeah. I, yeah, I was afraid to say it, actually. Where um, some of the Chinese officials, when the dog show was World Dog Show was hosted in China a couple of years ago, mm. when it was um, the bid process was happening, the... Um, yeah, the, uh, as soon as you said their, the name of the governing body of the World Cup, I immediately thought of something my cousin said. He's, he had his co-worker who said, It's not FIFA, it's FIFA! And I'm like... No, it's FIFA. You do you, pal. You know, whatever. Um, Potato, potato. But there were some accusations where uh, certain FCI officials and uh, voting body kennel club presidents and stuff like that were given Chinese credit cards. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The head of the Norwegian kennel club was like, excuse me. (laughs) And it was so... Kind of like doctors getting, like, free lunches from yeah. pharmaceutical reps or something. Yeah, and it got so bad that um, the AKC did not want any of their judges going to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norway banned their judges from going there. Wow. And accepting... Like, if you accepted an assignment to the Chinese World Dog Show, mm-hmm. and you're a Norwegian judge, your judging license would be revoked, which means that the wins that you would judge would be ineligible. Oh, wow. Yeah, because part of the FCI judging process is you have to retain your judging license for the country that you live in. Right. And if you don't have it, then, you know. That invalidates anything that you would, yeah. you know, rule over, basically. Yep. So that's what the... World Dog Show is, um, there, I want to go to one so bad, but, yeah, I know, pricey. Well, anything, you know, these days is pricey. Yeah, and also with the travel restrictions being what they are with COVID and all of that, I don't see... It's kind of funny that we have travel restrictions for a Delta variant. Yeah, and... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if anybody wants me to tag along to Worlds with them, pay my way, and... I can bring a dog with me. That would be fine. Subtle, dear. That's very subtle. Um, it's like me asking for a book deal from a potential <laughs> publisher who could be listening. I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, I'd like a book deal. I. It'd be I, fun. Yeah, I would like to be able to do that. I would like to have the time to write, to be honest with you. So, the breed, Bracco Italiano, they are currently in the miscellaneous class with the American Kennel Club. So, we've... D- they fall into our rare category that we've placed on this podcast of saying yeah. if they are not fully recognized by the American Kennel Club, yeah. then they are classified as rare. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the steps where it is not FSS recognized, mm-hmm. FSS recognition, miscellaneous, then the next step is to go full. Full recognition. So they, it's a numbers game at this point for them. Right. And they will probably go full either next year or the year after. Yeah. And the breed community has been really, really, really great. Mm. Every single person that I've met that has had a Bracco, they have just been the nicest people. Yeah. 
And I've admired the breed from afar. Mm. And the breed club is doing amazing jobs at promoting the breed as this reliable sporting dog that can do what it was bred to do and should do what it was bred to do. Last time you admired a breed from afar, and you mentioned it on the show, it was the German Shepherd. Now we have Deku. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you saying? <laughs> well, you know. What are you int- implying or intimating here? <laughs> Um, we don't have the space. No, for we don't. Another one. Not a Brocco that are they're pretty big. Yeah. Um, what is it? So some of you that know me like on a personal level know that I'm a bit of a film nerd, along with <laughs> a music nerd. Um, and Ow. I've got some guilty pleasures. You know, one of my guilty pleasure movies is Diane Lane movie called Under the Tuscan Sun. We're talking about that again. And when there's a scene where Diane Lane's character is looking out over her villa thing that she bought. And there's a man with a dog. Is this the guy that checks the mailbox every day? I I can't remember because it's been so long. Yeah. But, but she's looking out the window. Yeah, she's looking out the window. There's and there's a hedge, and then he's walking. And well, I don't think it's mailbox. him. I think it's the neighbor dude that she goes, like, getting olives and stuff from. Mm. For whatever reason, during one of the shots, he had a Brocco. Mm-hmm. And I about lost my shit <laughs> when I first realized that. Which, it's a lot of fun to watch movies, especially if they're period pieces. And they're using anachronistic type dogs. Ashley's like, that dog would not be there. That is not right. Yeah, like, um, I think I think it was Sense and Sensibility. There was a Nova yeah. Scotia duck holding a retriever during Jane Austen time, England, and I'm like, they wouldn't have been out of Canada at that point, guys. Right, really? Yeah. This is this is not the UK. Um. So, when I saw that dog, yeah, and I think it was an orange and white, I was like, I had to back it up. And I was like, wait, did I, what? Brocco, what? <laughs> Just because it's so rare to mm. see a rare breed in a film, mm. number one. Yeah. And then to see them in their native country. Yeah. I mean, especially when that movie came out, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. Can I make a suggestion moving forward? Hmm. Let's not give Aston catnip before we record. <laughs> he's becoming very needy. I mean, look at him. He's sitting right here to my right. So, Under the Tuscan Sun came out in 2003. Yeah. That was before Brocco Italiano were recognized as FSS yeah. in the AKC. This was before Axel did all of his winning. Right. So... You think there was some particular type of push a la Turner, Hooch, and Beethoven? I don't think so. I mm. think it just, they were shooting in Italy and someone happened to have a Bracco. Mm, okay. It's probably what happened. Yeah. Um, but this breed is, is relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. As always, do your homework. Do your research. Always. Always. And yeah. make, make sure to find a breeder that tests for hips, elbows, and produces dogs that are free from eye issues. Like, many dogs with droopy expressions, entropian and ectropian can happen, and both of those issues 
can impact the corneas and cause irritation and cause um can cause issues and require surgery to tack up the the lids in a way that don't roll out too much yeah and dry out the lids and mm-hmm. scratch the cornea yeah. or roll in too much mm-hmm. and the eyelashes will scratch the cornea gotcha so that is a huge thing to to consider is make sure that if you're interested in getting a Braco, then get one that is producing healthy dogs. Yeah. Do your homework, do your research. This breed is also, I think, a first for us in that it's a NAVDA breed. And NAVDA stands for North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. Wow. And it's all about the versatility for, of sporting breeds. With the instincts that they naturally have, and it's limited to pointing and setting breeds. Okay. So no retrievers. Um, I think there's maybe like one or two spaniels, but they're they're the taller of the spaniels. Right. And they do point. Um, and this breed would be an amazing performance dog, and just kind of anything that you can throw at them. Yeah. Would be ideal. And also, side note, them as puppies. Cute as hell. Because you've got ears that are longer than themselves. They trip over them. They have the cutest little expression. (laughs) And their head's all round. And you're just kind of like, I want to pick you up and squish you. Ashley was doing the cute voice. (laughs) I mean... It's the gooey voice she has reserved for only things that are cute. You're so cute. (laughs) So I think I see what, what question is coming next. Um... Yeah, there there is a certain question that's coming up. Oh, are we not there yet? No, no, we're there. Because because you know I was kind of I want to make sure I wasn't jumping the gun because I saw the reflection of your computer screen <laughs> behind you. Cheater! Hey, you know what? If you don't have that document up, then that means hey, we must be getting to the question where one of us asks, and it's going to be me this time. Would you own one? I definitely would. Wow. Now the breed does drool. Yeah, that would be a problem, I think, even for me. I've I've done the drool thing with with clumbers. With yeah. clumbers. And I think it would be easier this time because there's not a lot of hair, they're short haired. Yeah. So the drool factor wouldn't get stuck and caked into the fur. Mm. Um the drool is the only setback for me. Well for me, I think size would be an issue. Because they're massive. They're right. pretty big. What we have with Deku, what we have with Rolo, I mean... Yeah. You know, that's two big fellas, you know? Yeah, and, you know, would I own one? I, and again, these questions, the would you own one? I think we need to probably rephrase it a little bit and make it a little bit easier. That if all things were ideal... Yes, if all things were ideal, would I own money one? Money was no object, would you yeah. own one? Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, especially with them getting ready to go to full AKC status soon. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very, very exciting time for the breed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once they go full, they're going to start getting pretty popular. You're going to start seeing dogs coming over from Europe to do some campaigning. Right. Um, because... This breed, along with with our breed and all of that, they have yeah. some of that 
inherent thing where a lot of the Europeans, they just don't understand the AKC recognition process. Hell, I don't understand it a lot of times. Half the time, it's basically arbitrary anyway. But it's a giant numbers game. It is. It's a popularity contest, which I would lose every time. Well, and it inherently promotes irresponsible breeding. Well, yeah, because it's a numbers game. Right. But Broncos, they've been doing it right. Um, I think when they became FSS recognized, they already had, like, I want to say they already were fairly active in ARBA, which is the American Rare Breed Association. Yeah. So they they had that head start right. that Hamiltons and Drevers and other breeds like that, they that just didn't have. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I would definitely own one. Mm. Would you? I'd have to get to know one first, kind of similar to what we did with Jones before we got Deco. Mm-hmm. I, I'd reserve judgment on that particular because I would like to... Well, we've been around them before. Are you remembering who you're talking to? That's fair. Thank you very much. Because no, I, would, I, would, I would need a test drive, basically. Um, because reserve judgment pending test drive essentially would be my response. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a very safe and diplomatic answer, honestly. So, a friend of mine that I already credited up in the beginning of the podcast, yeah. uh, Jennifer, she has a dog named Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And when we were showing at Durham, okay. she was there. Yeah. And. Gabriel, he likes to voice his opinions, mm-hmm. and when he wasn't in the ring, he was flinging his head back and going, "Whoa!" And I was, I was just laughing because For sure, the owner was. Oh, she was too. She was oh. laughing, and then like when she would put like a cover over him, he would start chirping like a bird. <laughs> And I'm like, what the? You gotta cover me like a bird. I'm gonna act like one. Yeah. Um. So that that's kind of endearing to me. Where I'm just like, oh man. (laughs) They're they're kind of they're kind of like Hamiltons in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hamiltons generally, they're when they get out, they're very much business like, and it's like. Unless it's Rosie. Unless it's not or a puppy. Yeah. Go ahead and say puppy. Yeah. Or a puppy. Um, but when, once they hit adulthood and all of that, they're, they're very much, they have that regal air about them and they're just like, I'm here. <laughs> Whatever. I am here. <laughs> <laughs> but at home is when they turn into total and complete goofballs and idiots. Yeah. Um, and it's very endearing because Hamiltons, they will talk back to you. Oh God, yeah. They will make the weirdest noises that just come out of their mouth that you're just like, that come out of a dog? I will never forget. They will definitely capitalize on any opportunity. Um, was letting the girls in. The girls being Raven, Celine, and Rosie. And I had Raven and Celine basically, you know, in my midst. But Rosie, she was wandering out doing her own thing. I'm in their room and I hear a crash from the kitchen. <laughs> and next thing I know, one of the girls' food bowls. It's one of those, you know... Slow feeder? Slow feeder type bowl. So naturally the food is like in a maze kind of thing. And that maze ended up on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I was livid. Mm-hmm. My night was basically just a little bit ruined due to the fact that I had to take time and 
basically get everybody created, but then clean up that mess in the kitchen floor, which was not fun. No, and, you know... That's why whenever, you know, I have Raven and Celine, if Rosie's roaming free, I'm keeping an eye on her in the kitchen, because you heard me tonight. Yeah. I mean, I practically shouted at her. I was like, no! And the thing with Hamilton's, and I think it's similar with with, with Bracco, Italian with Brockies is you know okay as they're colloquially known as, yeah as the plural I don't say that right um, you know they can be little back talkers and mm. you know even though Raven is in full blown heat yeah I I was talking to your talking to Raven as you do as yeah. every. Every good Hamilton owner does. Every dog owner probably ducks their dog, period, regardless of breed. But the difference is, is Hamiltons will have full-blown conversations Yeah, they'll talk with back. You. They will t- I have witnessed this. They will talk back. Raven was in the yard yesterday, and I was just like, hey, Ray, how's it going? She just walks over to me, brew, and then walks away. I'm like, good to know. I think it was the other, the other night, I think Raven was coming in, and, or wanted to come in, and she was on the back porch. She just looks at me, door open, and Letting me know is like I, I I I I done, Daddy. I was a good girl. I want to come in. I done. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's how they are. And, and I mean, for for this breed, I wish them all the success in the world. Yeah. Um. You know, to have their um their cousin breed, the Spinone Italiano, mm-hmm. go fully recognized before the Bracco, I think. Was interesting, because mm. um, me personally, no offense to anybody that has a Spinone, but I like Bracco. <laughs> I like them better. <laughs> I, I just like the look of them better. I like I like their movement a whole lot better. Don't forget, you can email us <laughs> at pod at gmail dot com. Go ahead, because I mean, keep in mind that is Ashley's opinion. It's my opinion. Only her opinion, nothing I more. Just, it's just ha- the how aesthetically pleasing they are. Yeah. To me. So, mm-hmm. please rate, review, subscribe, subscribe. Absolutely. All of that stuff. Tell your friends. Please, please metrics do. Help very much. All the metrics in the world help us. Yeah. Um, and help us. To educate people that aren't dog show people, yeah, because that's also what we're we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that people that want dogs get dogs that suit their needs and not trying to get a dog to suit their needs. There's a huge right. difference there. Is you want to get a dog that suits your needs, you do not want to get a dog to try and manipulate into your lifestyle. It will or, end or badly. For, like say. It's like getting a rabbit for Easter. Yeah. You don't want to do something like yeah. that because this is a commitment. Yeah. And with with any dog, with any pet, it's a lifetime commitment. Yeah. It's not a, oh my God, this is not what I was thinking kind of commitment. This is right. not, it, it's a I'm lifetime. I can't deal with this. Yeah. It's a lifetime commitment. So mm-hmm. that's why we reiterate time and time again to do your homework, do your do research. research. Absolutely. Um, I, I know the American society is very much of instant gratification. Mm. We're trying to take that and flip it on its head because when getting a dog, it should never be about what is available now. It is what is available that suits your lifestyle. To be honest, if you want something decent, I mean, anything worth doing, you know, is, you know, worth the time that mm-hmm. it takes for it to happen. I mean, that's just anything in life, really. Yep. Um, Though I will admit, as quick as Amazon is, I fully 
do not intend to use them. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of mad at them. That's um, a different story. That's a different of. story. Yeah. Um, so we've done the rate, review, subscribe thing. Um, we can be reached on Twitter at aboutadog1. I update that on a regular basis every time there's an episode. Uh, Instagram, at aboutadogpod. I mm-hmm. think you recently posted. So I probably should change or put the logo on Twitter, I think, for for the kennel, or should I not? No, that's kennel only. That should not all right, be. All right. all right. And I mentioned the email. Uh, what other social media is there? Uh, Facebook, you can reach us at aboutadogpod. Um, yep. Email, yeah, you said uh, <laughs> jokingly. Said, well, I mean, about it was a, dog. a joke, but it's still, you know, aboutadogpod at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or mm-hmm. comments um, regarding <laughs> Ashley's opinions <laughs> of particular dog breeds. Yep. Um, we are available, you know, on Spotify and yes. iTunes. Yes. The metrics on both of them help tremendously. Any and all assistance would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. So with that, go hug your dog. They love you. They love you very, very much. And unconditionally.